Another episode of Renew Talk. It is Elaine Janelle here with my sister Kelly Pritchett. What's up, everybody? Hey guys, we are chilling and we about their life here at Renew Talk. It's a special, special episode where two great podcasts come together. Renew Talk meets Bro Talk Live, and it's going to be funny. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Um, but before then, I want to get into our scripture for this episode, and I hope y'all just enjoy, uh, Deliver, one of the first songs from the first, um, album of Beautiful Praise, 
and what you heard was one of their um they redid it for their latest album called of course you deserve it and i hope y'all checking out the album because it's really 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 good i enjoy it but anyways <laughs> but anyways our scripture comes from philippians 2 1 through 4 scripture reads in niv version therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others and so the reason why this is our theme scripture for this episode is because we look to the interests of others and bro talk live is um it's a good show it's different from renew talk renew talk is a based is a um more of a christian based type of show but with life it's about life with god involved i'd rather just say that because that's what the show is but bro talk is a little bit different and my sister's going to tell y'all more about bro talk and i'm gonna shut up (laughs) okay so um (laughs) did you like how i said okay so uh our feature feature brand for this episode is obviously going to be bro talk live because why would we do anybody else we're supporting our brothers um oh shoot Bro Talk Live is a panel of brothers tackling the hottest topic topics with unprecedented. Wait, is it unprecedented? It's unpre- he put unprecedented on it. Too. <laughs> All right, let's start over. Bro Talk Live is. <laughs> All right, I got this. Bro Talk Live is a panel of brothers tackling the hottest topics with, I can't say this word too well, unprecedented levels of wit and sarcasm. You can catch Bro Talk Live every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on brotalklive.com. And this episode, uh, we are with two of the four, out of the four hosts of Bro Talk Live. That's yes. Mr. Jason Daly. And my fellow Kojic brother, Mr. Will Mayer. Yes. And we have an array um, of topics tonight, ranging from uh, Biggie Smalls to the reopening or the new revelation of Mike Brown, the Mike Brown case. So it's just a lot. We also have a question and answer segment that gets really, really, really interesting. So I think you guys want to stay tuned for that. A disclaimer. For those uh, super saved, super Holy Ghost filled, super sanctified folks, um, we do get a little uh, ratchet. So just have an open mind going into uh, what you're about to hear. <laughs> yes, because it is good. The conversation overall is good. And you know what? This show, Renew Talk, is a very real and raw show. And we will have some episodes that are more real and raw than others. That's the best way I can say it. Say it, but we are still a show that loves God. So before they come, I have some music coming to you by a guy named Gregory Cox out of North Carolina. Check him out; he's great. This song is called "Choose," and 
one day I'm going to have Gregory Cox on the show, Kelly, because Gregory Cox used to be an atheist and now is, like, wow. Christian. And, like, stuff like this, you know, I love stuff like this because, like, it just shows that everybody has a story. You just never know. So, stay listening. Because we want to listen to Choose. And then we'll be talking with Mr. Jason Daly and Mr. Will Mayer from Go Talk Live Podcast. All right. Okay. We'll be back, y'all. Right back, okay? Stay right here, y'all. yourself and y'all gotta tell them what school y'all went to as well ain't it rich we went to the greatest institution in the country we went to the first historically black college and university uh founded in 1854 accredited by the way come on here come on accredited the cheney university they were college amen but when lincoln university first began in 1854 
for a degree-granting institution for African Americans. So we are historically uh, the first historically black college and university. We are historically first. superior. That's what we are. Superior. So that we have heard such great stuff on Langston Hughes and oh, just throwing names out. And, you know, Kwame and Kuruma, you know, presidents and founders of other institutions and countries and so on and so forth. <laughs> I just went to little old Rowan University. <laughs> right. <laughs> Made my degree sound like that. <laughs> Look, it, uh, everyone, uh, you know, it's hard to be, for everyone to be great because then greatness it would, is. you know, it would be great. I'm is just saying true? we graduated 80% of the world's, you know, doctors in, in the what? early 1900s. Um, you know, just. It's been a while since we've um, been glorious, but we're returning there, surely but surely. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Come on, slowly but surely. I mean, what would you like to tell them? Who, you know who you are a little bit more than about yourself than just um, the school you went to. <laughs> I just said since mentioning the name. Uh, I mean, I am one fourth of the uh, the uh, group of young millennials that host uh, Real Talk Live. I am not the creator. Um, I kind of just show up for work um, on time every Tuesday. By the way. Um, little bit of shade for some of my other co-hosts but I show up on time every Tuesday I am uh, a musician um, and a man of the most high in the greatest church of all the land that would be the church of God in Christ (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Kelly and on the block they call him TJ so everybody don't know that see I'm moving the (laughs) thank you the cops know him as PJ, but the cops know him as PJ. Oh, PJ. Okay, I'm not. I don't. I, I want to almost want to know why they call you PJ. No, PJ. But that was a time I was sinking deep and sin far from a peaceful shore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the mask? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't start. Don't start. What did you do, What did you do? What the mask? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get them heads going again, you go fall right out that seat. <laughs> I'm not ready. Hey, you rich. What's his name? Rich and done, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much foolishness on here tonight. We're going to have some fun on tonight. Yes. So, um, many of you may be wondering, like, what are what's going on? What is Renew Talk doing? Who is Bull Talk Live? What are we doing? <laughs> These are two worlds colliding together because you know what? We give off the best. We have the best information. You know, I said that like I own a school. <laughs> Come on, Charter. Come on, Charter. I don't want one though. We. <laughs> We're some awesome people who do some awesome things. We share our great knowledge that we have learned and that we're learning in life. And we do it on a humble spirit. And on this episode, we are going to combine the two worlds together. So everybody who knows Renew Talk knows that we are Life of God Involved. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about pop culture and life with relationships referring to other people. We'll see how that goes. So, um, I wanted to start this episode off with talking about something that's so, like, opposite of Renew Talk. Um, the celebration of the 20-year anniversary of Biggie's death. How do y'all feel oh, about that? I don't hear that. <laughs> Biggie is actually my favorite rapper. Um, I don't really look like 
I guess, the most prototypical Biggie fan. I was not born in New York City, um, but <laughs> I was born in Baltimore, and I appreciate the um, the music, uh, you know, the Mid-Atlantic and the East Coast. And, you know, just growing up, we kind of, in Baltimore, we kind of get a little bit of everything. Like, you get a mix of everything that's on the East Coast from, you know, from up north to down south. So, um, I always grew up on Biggie. I was always in the hip-hop really big, so... Um, I mean, it's it's sad that, you know, we only got two albums from him, and it's sad that for whatever reason, um, whoever took his life took his life, but it's, it's so interesting that we're continuing to be captivated by it, and I mean, I just I just think that something like this, if the murder's never quote-unquote solved, or if no one ever admits to doing it, um, it'll just continue to live on, and people will wonder, it's literally the most famous like hip hop or even musician death, or you could say ever. Like it's the most mysterious, the most debated about, the most interesting one. Um, him and Tupac's deaths. So that's um, true. It's it's sad that you know it had to happen, but you know their legacy has been elevated because of it. And you know Biggie, he was only what twenty twenty four when he died or something mm-hmm. like that. He only got to make two albums. So the fact that he still has you know that type of grip on you know pop culture history and stuff like that, I mean, it just shows how great the of an artist he was. I do find um, it to be amazing. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I think it's really interesting, um, like Jason said, that 20 years later, I mean, I have students, uh, I have like students who were not even around. They were not even born, probably weren't even thought of at the time this man got killed. And I'm watching how he influences like uh, the fashion, like I have like students who are like trying to like get clothes like him and trying to wear Coogee sweaters, even though I was never a fan of Coogee. Not over here either. Not over here. Not at all. Too warm. Like they've always like such dense fabrics. Like I just don't. <laughs> such <laughs> dense fabrics. But it's interesting that twenty years later, um, he's still. Uh, like Jason said, he still has a grip on, and, and and is still sort of guiding. Even though the landscape of music is changing, probably for the worse, um, there's still an homage being paid to him in almost every song. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I was watching um, the interview with Faith Evans the other day in a Breakfast Club. So. See, my weakness is I really don't read no pop culture or nothing, but I will watch The Breakfast Club until times get better. I think their stuff is so funny. Um, but she's such a humble soul. Like, she was just chilling. She was talking about the beef that she had with different people, and she was like, I, she's like, after he died, everything just became null and void. Like, she became isn't so it amazing focused. that how big of an artist that she was and how successful that she was? The first question she gets when she goes on The Breakfast Club is, so Biggie, that's the anniversary coming up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time she goes on there, it's always something to do with, with Biggie. her husband. I, mean, I, I think it's because, to be completely honest, her and Mary and Diddy and Jay-Z, they wouldn't even have careers had he not died, I don't think. No, that's or, real. I don't think it would be as big as they it's, are. His death yeah. launched them into a stratosphere that that was, I mean, bound. they were affiliated. Yeah, just because yeah. they were affiliated. that a breach. Oh, oh, come on, that's a sermon right there, ain't it? Come on, just because you affiliated. Come just because you affiliated. No, that's very true, y'all. And I do, I I heavily do agree, because, you know, they, they've done so many questions, especially on The Breakfast Club, and different places on MTV about, like, 
do these people, would these people really be getting props? You know, like the later, the rappers that came later on, would they even have space if Biggie was still alive? Would, you know, would rapping be a totally, have gone a totally different way? It's been all these type of questions and conversations I've heard and listened to. Um, it's very, I found it interesting. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. I've always wondered this, and don't get me wrong, I agree with everything you guys say about Biggie. Like, he was kind of like that cultural, and still is that cultural icon. However, I've always questioned, had he not died, would he still be, like, reigning on the throne that he is now that he did? I've always questioned that. I think, I think part of that is because he died, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, it's kind of like Barry Sanders, like um, the football player, like he right. retired literally at his peak, like he just stopped. Right. Like, he was the best running back in the league, he just stopped. So it's kind of like being the same thing. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? He came out with two fire albums. Right. And really only one, because the second one came out after he died. Right. So he came out with one, and then bam, you're gone. But like, just think of all the people, like you said, like that he launched, like Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans. 112, Total, Little Kim. Wow. Like, all these artists just came out of his brand. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah. That is true. But that's, I think that's, I, mean, I think, Kelly, that can relate to a lot of people. Because when I think yeah. it, I think that can relate to a lot of people. Like, because I always say the same thing with Aaliyah, God rest her soul, but would have Aaliyah been able to compete in today's market? Not to say that she wouldn't, yeah. but I've always questioned that. Would she have I, mean, been I think Sierra to... definitely would have had a much harder time getting herself right. out of Aaliyah, not that. I agree. But I think people like people say Beyonce wouldn't have been fire and stuff like that. But Beyonce, I mean, that's two different like worlds. Right. Like mm-hmm. Beyonce still would have succeeded. Here's the thing about that though. I feel like we make like the Aaliyah and Sierra comparison all the time. Both of those artists were just average. And are just average, but she's launched into a higher level because she died. Like, right? That's what I always say. She, Aaliyah, was the lead at at her time when Aaliyah had that. Because she was still competing with the. She was on top of the game. Like she was hot. She She was, but she was hot. But it was like, what? My thing is for that time would have that been able to trans like send. Five years after that, Rock the Boat. She, they filmed that Rock the Boat video. She was arguably the top female artist out. There. She was arguably on her way out of here. See that? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, um, here's the thing. She was on her way up because people were so concerned whether or not she was actually sleeping with her cousin R. Kelly. That was the oh issue. Oh my gosh! Like, I mean, you be remembering stuff. Like, I don't remember none of that. And next thing you know. Lord took her on out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, oh my God, she's so good. No, she was on every. This is why we don't have no viewership because of people like William. <laughs> God took her on up out of here. <laughs> like, stop, stop living in the dark. Y'all all walking around here like Leo living in the dark. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Beyonce is where she is because she works hard, like Michael Jackson. Thank you tell you, me. That Jermaine would be able to get up and hold a candle to Mike? Absolutely not. The same way Sierra can't hold a flame, and Aaliyah would not be able to hold a flame to Beyonce. See, Aaliyah was going around rocking them little hips. Beyonce's throwing these hips from Beyonce. <laughs> throwing them. Throwing them, honey. Across one stage to the other. Throwing these hips. <laughs> Forget rock. Can you throw? What else, what, else is, what else is Beyonce built in Game of Thrones? What else? No. But the only thing I was... 
is the queen of dragons. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the queen of dragons. And was was Elizabeth? The one of them that jumped off the roof and got <laughs> oh my god. Blew up and- <laughs> I cannot. I mean, I understand. I cannot do. Well, you're retarded. I'm sorry. We don't show. No, it's fine. This is what we want. No, I'm I just. I'm a Beyonce fan, so I like. Yeah, she's hardcore. So she, as soon as you start saying she throws those hips, Kelly was living in her moment. I was. I like. Kelly was like, yes. She could have co signed you right here in church. Say it again. <laughs> trying to help somebody see the saints have been living in darkness too long <laughs> but he's saying it right Aaliyah would not have like to me she would have not been able to compete today not but, today but, but I'm not today, to today not, either. right 50 years old right hmm. but I do believe that music would have went a different way I think the style of music and some of what we consider popular would not be as popular if some of these people were still alive Absolutely. like I always think about that. Like, when you were talking about Biggie, I was thinking about Jimi Hendrix. I was thinking about other people, the the phenomenon of people that had died at the age of 27, most of them died from drug overdose, no offense. But, <laughs> but the phenomenon of people that died at the age of 27, and these were all, like, banging artists. What's the child from England that was high, but she didn't want to go to... Winehouse. Yeah, Winehouse. child. I knew that I child was going to die early. He was in his 30s, like, early 30s, something like that. You know. Who was early 30s? Another one of them average artists, and we just give her so much because she's no, uh, Amy. She no, music. her voice was dis- was too distinct distinct to be average. Okay, so her voice was good, but in the grand scheme of things, she was not as phenomenal as people want to make her out. Now, what, I, what I will say is, had Amy Winehouse not died, there would be no room for Adele. Exactly. Oh, that's good. That's and good right there. That's Adele good. Is Adele because of Amy Winehouse? Exactly. That's good. Not talented. But her voice is very similar to Amy Winehouse. And yeah. people love Amy Winehouse so much that they that need to... we all shifted to Adele. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. And we know, we know Adele, for the most part, ain't, you know, she don't need rehab right now. And she can't sing. Like, I'm tired of Adele. Um, <laughs> sorry, just a Come on, Prophet. But I am tired of Adele going to these award shows and accepting all these awards. But she's apologizing for these live performances. Like, this is the second <laughs> award show in a row that she's had to apologize for herself. And you can't, like, has, has Beyonce ever? Like, what? Like, she's just going to stop the performance. Oh, can we run this back? Because I messed up. And I'm not going to disrespect this guy by ruining his song. Like, she did that yeah. at the Grammys. <laughs> she also did the same thing. What was that? The VMAs or something like that? When she, um, when she was on stage or something like that? It's, 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 it's enough. We all know enough is enough. <laughs> we, all, we all know she should have won album of the year. And I'm not gonna get off on this tangent, but I'm just saying there would be no Adele if there was no Amy Winehouse. Yeah, I do agree. Agreed. I fully agree with that. Yes. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna move on to other topics. Um, oh, okay. did, did any of y'all see the movie Get Out? Yes, I did. saw it twice. I did not, but um, I'm familiar with the with the the storyline. Yeah, I will see it though. I just haven't had time. What are some of your takes on it? Like it, I mean, this movie just. Went over a hundred million dollars, and um, yeah. I'm I'm glad to be straight up honest about it. I think it's good that people have seen it. I don't necessarily know if people are getting anything from it after they see it. I hope so. 
because I guess that's the point of the movie. But um, it's good that people are are seeing it, and I hope that they take away that this is sometimes the way that we feel when we're so low around a bunch of white people. This is why we're scared to, you know, necessarily, not everyone's scared, but there are certain people who are afraid to date interracially because they're scared that this type of situation might happen to them. I'm not saying as literally as right, right. But um, like these are fears that we have. Like I walk around the grocery store sometimes, and I just I I, I can feel people looking at me. I mean, I know I live in a a suburban town in California, so Mm -hmm. of course. But you know, I'm tall. I'm six four. I'm black, necessarily dark skin, but I'm black. So people will look at you differently. Period. So I'm always aware of that, and it kind of gets annoying. So I'm glad that the movie kind of brought a discussion like that up and showing white people different perspectives that you know saying they need to they need to recognize you know the way they look at people affects people and the way that they act towards people affects you know i'm saying their reality yeah it, um, it, the movie lingered with me go ahead i'm sorry what? i just said it lingered with me like i was still thinking about that joint the next day <laughs> yeah it is very um it's, it's like really interesting because like i don't speak um <clears throat> very often to uh, my friends like about my fears or like anything like that but this movie was really one of my fears like not necessarily having my brain transferred but <laughs> being, like being abducted by white people or being in a situation with white people where I cannot get myself out of like that is one of the scariest things to me and like I grew up like I grew up in the hood like I lived in a project so like I'm not really honestly scared of many things but like white people and like being caught in a situation where I'm abducted and everybody around me is just like, oh, look at the colored guy. Like that is one of the things that like really, it really gets to me. And after the movie, I mean, because I went the first time I went to see it, I went um, in mixed company. And so oh. um, there were, right, there were a lot of white people in there and like they were laughing at things. I'm just like, Yo, so <laughs> y'all think that's funny, huh? Oh, okay. And, and I mean, like, I peel back, like, when I watch movies, I watch them analytically. So I'm, like, watching this movie, and I'm peeling back, like, how this girl is eating her cereal separately from, from her milk. Exactly. So she doesn't want the colors and the whites to mix. Like, I'm, like, it's, 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 it's freaky because mm-hmm. we're always painted in society, in the world, in TV and movies. We're always painted, like, the over-sexualized, the predator. Right. right. And it, it was interesting to see our fears conveyed on the silver screen for once. I will say that, like, I like the opposite. I grew up um, with a lot of white people. Most of my friends are white. And I never really, my mom always taught me, she was like, listen, me and my mom had the color speech with me, and my mom's like a low-key Black Panther. Um, she would say, like, listen, you, you're Black, they're white. I don't know if you can tell color yet, but that's that's what it is. And sometimes you are going to have to work twice as hard to get the same thing as them. So that I always knew in the back of my mind. But to me, to be in a, com- a room full of white people, I was never uncomfortable until I saw Get Out. Mm. It was not like I'm not used to being a person. Anyway, like it, I'm used to it. But now I'm kind of like more like, conscience, conscious of it. Right. Not to say that my friends, like, my, my very best friend is white. Um, she She's, like, low-key black. She's, like, an inverse Oreo. 
But, you know, a lot of times, now, like, I'm more conscious of it. So I'm listening more to what they say and things like that. So I think Get Out made me more aware of being around a bunch of white people than what I was in the past. I don't know. It was kind of like the inverse for me. Did you like it, Elaine? I did like it. Um, But I... Okay, so I went to go. I went. I drove all the way to Baltimore to see this movie, <laughs> just because I wanted to see it. Look, look, Baltimore is a great city. I, but I the fact that Baltimore. the fact that I live now in DC and I drove like forty five minutes to see this movie, like that's 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 a commitment right there. Okay, and <laughs> um, I think that what kind of got me was kind of those moments where it was so psychological. Those were the moments that got me, where those of Caucasian descent could, who are not aware of racism, could miss it very easily. Mm-hmm. Because even, I watched your interview, because I'm phenomenally in, into interviews, and I watched the interview after seeing the movie of, like, um, the Today Show, I think it was, interviewed um, the main two characters and one of the um, directors, I believe, for the movie. Because Jason, Jason is the guy, Peel, he's, is he the producer of yeah. He's a producer? He's he married a white woman. And he married a white woman? And yeah, his mom's white. Okay. So, I I I watched the, because it was a Caucasian guy, so I, I, I was figuring he was one of the directors, and I watched the interview, and it was just like, every, so of course, because the interviewers were both Caucasian, they kept referring to it as just a horror movie, and in my head, I'm like, it's not really horror. <laughs> it's psychological about the real stuff that's going on in this country, my man. Like, I need y'all to catch on. But I was like, I had to, you know, black power down <laughs> and just kind of take it in. And I mean, I was relaxed because when I saw it in Baltimore, it was in Towson. It was, of course, majority of black people in there. And I think, honestly, what's making it 100, get over $100 million is more the African-American community because we are seeing it totally different. So mad people are like, Yo, did you see Get Out? Did you see Get Out? When I saw the previews, I thought this movie was going to be trash. And then everybody nah. started talking about it. I said, let me make my way. <laughs> I knew I knew it was going to be good from the previews. Um, like studying, like I went to school for film. And like, I think our generation really hasn't had anything like this to, I guess, like wake us up like kind of like shake us a little bit so when i saw like the previews it was more so interesting because when that first preview dropped i was like wow i really did not know it was going to be that yeah right i I didn't know it was going to be that deep and things like that um but it was like something i wanted to see because they didn't like make previews sometimes they can make previews like so whack to the point that like i'm definitely not waste my money to go see this i'll get a bootleg but the preview kind of had you wondering like what the heck like how many black horror films do we have that was one mm-hmm. yeah, i was like true. i because i when i saw the previews i wasn't like oh psychological thriller yeah I mean, yeah like, that's what that's more what it is I was like uh, jordan peele like i mean i i, I like like he and people are cool but sometimes i think they're they're borderline corny yeah um, and it's not really like like people compare them to Chappelle Show. And I'm like, there's no comparison. Like you can't no, compare no. the appeal to Chappelle. Like it's not the new Chappelle Show. It's nothing like it. Like they try though. They do try, but I do agree with you. Chappelle yeah, sometimes was they can be corny. And, I mean, I, I saw the movie and I was like, mm. I mean, I saw the preview for the movie and I was like, mm, maybe it's going to be 
one of those corny like like scary movie type movies, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's a satire and not really comedy. So I thought it was gonna be one of those, but um, yeah, I'm really interested in seeing it. I don't know if I necessarily want to be made upset, um, but I'm I'm pretty interested in, in seeing what it's gonna be about. Yeah, it, um, it make me upset you know, though. Um, but when I when I saw it's inter- like I saw the I saw like they they released the trailer um, probably like a month or two before the movie actually came. Right. Um, and one of my again one of my students who my students keep me abreast because I be clueless. One of my <laughs> students was like, "Yo, did you see this?" And I looked at it and I just like after I saw the preview, I just sat there. They took the phone from me and I just sat there like, I, there were chills like going through my body. So I'm I'm looking at this like, "Yo, there's another." Even though like I know that consciously. My subconscious like, yo, there's another black man in this world feels exactly the same way mm-hmm. you feel about white people. And he put it out and is not afraid to explore. Because I find myself, um, like, even around my coworkers, like, I find myself trying to, like, over-enunciate and, like, try to do certain things. So, oh, maybe they won't. After a while, I was just like, well, wait a minute. Negro, you black. Let, I don't, like, I, like, okay. There's no way to compensate for it. It is what it is. I'm, I'm no longer compensating. Right. For my blackness. You don't like it, that's your business. I cut my white side piece off because um, I was what? talking to this white boy. Oh, yeah, you put that I on cut. Facebook. I said, baby, I got to say on my side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, fences. I said, listen, this this ain't you too, you too nice. What you so nice for? Kelly, I don't mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> my number. Matter of fact, I'm going to change it. I just think that personally, just to be honest with y'all, what I said, this man going up here to a lake area. They was like, it's an island all by him lonesome with a whole white family. What N-I-G-G-A you know? I was sitting there like, dude, you take a friend or two. We would have been fighting. (laughs) What's your favorite? I'm sorry. I can't hear you, but what's your name? Do we say the N word on this program? I spelled it. It's too. It's too late. It don't care. We all right. <laughs> Listen, ain't not damn nigga I know. With all them white folks, ain't not another brother in sight. Ain't their phones. Ain't no. Right. Ain't no belief. The sheriff is the the fire marshal. And, no, thank you. I'm not going. I need to be in the city with some other color folk. Some other folks is gonna recognize I'm in danger. <laughs> no, I, I ain't struggling. I mean, he didn't have nobody to help him. And I'm like, I, I hang out around a lot of white people, but I know signs. I now, know signs. Like, now, white people know signs too. They just don't want to help us out. White people, as soon as one of them look distressed to each other, they make that little white people distressed look. And they spit that. <laughs> <laughs> white people distressed look. See you in a second. Or I recognize our, our <laughs> signs when we look distressed. Oh, they try to act like, oh, they're mean. They're animals. They're ignorant. See, that's why I ain't got time. I'll do whatever I want as long as I get some help. Call me what you want. Exactly. Um, help me. They're going to call you. They're going to call you. I'm not against interracial relationships. All I'm saying is when we meet, it's a family gathering. Exactly. And even if you just from the other part of the city. <laughs> It's a family gathering. Who's coming? My mom, my auntie, my uncle, somebody, cousin Boo Boo. But they have no family. Yeah, and his friend should have been with him, but his friend did tell him not to go. <laughs> um, like it was crazy.
crazy is that I like I I, I I peeped this in the movie, but then I read something that really confirmed it for me. How um the the black woman Georgina, mm-hmm. how how it, it, it like it like explored how black women are always fighting for black men, even in their own like how Georgina was like, no 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 like right. she's still trying to get him. She like fighting against what she got going on inside, inside of her. her. Like yo. I'm trying to tell you something is wrong. I can't even, like, I'm getting chills right now. Like, it, it's just so crazy. Like, he's looking behind me, sitting in this dark room. Jesus. I light on. I don't trust it. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> just check. Mom. Mom. All right. <laughs> All right. I hate you, Kelly. Stupid. No, but that night after I watched it the first time, I woke up peeking over my covers, make sure ain't no black some niggas staring at me. Because I was kind of skitzed out after that. <laughs> I didn't know what to think. I kept, I took the flash and put it in my eyes to make sure I wasn't hypnotized as I kept hearing that. They think that's Now, I will tell you this. If you hear me tell somebody, sink. <laughs> right, sink. Jason, um, you got to see I, this movie. Jada. I'm gonna be telling people sink. Let me tell you something. I, see, I would, this this movie would have been a YouTube clip had it been me. I'm not in, but even if I did, I'm pleading the blood the whole way there. And I'm gee, 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 I'm putting on that good, good old Kojic Terry that I know. Yes, Elsie Shaw. I'm, help, help, help. Right, no. That's real talk. That's so real talk right there. They gonna lose here. They gonna lose one way the other. They gonna lose. They ain't gonna want none of my parts. Like this chick, this chick is crazy. Yep. Like, yo, they ain't gonna want my brain or my eyes. <laughs> we don't but want this one. <laughs> the only thing I will say that was kind of irrelevant, but relevant, but like they didn't do no Facebook Live people, nothing. I was like, <laughs> I'm just me. It's just, I'm so. I'm like, y'all didn't do none of this of what of what this generation does. So I don't know. Hmm. Though, and like wow movie and he did a Q&A like a talk session after the movie so pick up the chances chances that guy yep. yeah he's chances smart alright I you know I had more topics but I don't uh Kelly <laughs> <laughs> what other topics I had I had Nicki Minaj I really don't care about that child oh you know it's a good topic that just kind of like surfaced um uh, director, I wrote his name down. Jason Pollock just released a video of Mike Brown that kind of changes the whole story of the police. It don't change no story for us because we don't know the whole time Mike Brown do that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I don't understand what the big breakthrough is. Like everybody saying, oh, this changes everything. No, it changes stuff for white people who didn't believe us. I mean, now they got their white evidence and they can sit here and say that, oh, Michael Brown. Um, he wasn't a gorilla. He wasn't a, a gorilla with, you know, ape-style arms. He could just run through bullets and kill people. No, we always told y'all that Mike Brown was killed over nothing. Y'all try to act like he was high on weed and was trying to steal some cigarellos. Like, that deserved him being killed. But at the end of the day, we always knew that nothing that he did. That's why we was down there riding. You think we was riding down there um, trying to support Michael Brown because he was just another person from the hood? No. We see people die for what they deserve to die for right. every day in the city. Like, this was something that was extraordinary, and this was something that caused people to come from all different states around the country and come down to Ferguson 
and right. And it's because we was pissed and we knew that something wasn't right. So now, because y'all got evidence, y'all want to listen to us. I ain't trying to hear none of that. And my thing is, I was when I was watching, I was like, well, it still doesn't change the fact that he did. So not at yeah. all. And it still ain't gonna change the fact that the officer got off. It's not gonna change the fact of none of that. I just thought it was interesting. And the like, I just. Uh... It but you know what? It, you know what it reminds me of? Oh, well, I went through this segment in February where I was looking up information from. Um, oh man, why does man's name leave my head? Well, the child that decided to apologize like a hundred years later. Oh yeah, for oh, Emmett Till. Till. It's I the same concept to me. Till. It's the same concept to me. It, and I was reading that book. It was like real. I just finished the book, The Blood of Emmett Till. It's a really good read. It's things like you kind of already knew. But it gives, like, a different perspective of it. And, like, it just, I was reading it, like, it just hasn't changed. Because you know what's going to happen? When it, what ha- what's going to happen is that, like like you were saying, it doesn't really change anything. Because history books, if they write about, if they write about Ferguson riots, or they write about anything about the Black Lives Matter movement, which, if they do, they need to cover Ferguson, because that was kind of a jumpstart to everything. Um, both that and Trayvon Martin. You know how much they write about the Black Panthers. Yeah, mm. exactly. But okay. if they ever do, whichever black studies class these people are going to take in the next 25 years that's that Michael Brown the story, um, they're, st- they're still going to say that Michael Brown was killed because he was alleged to have stolen cigarellos. And they might put after that in parentheses, which was later found to be untrue. Like, but right. it's still going to justify them killing a black man. No. So, no, and that's what, what I feel about that. This woman, now, I let me tell you something. I, I try to live like a. I, I really do try like to live a holy life, and I like pray very often. I tarry, you know, every here and there. But let me tell you something. I feel like this woman needs to be hung in the public square, mm-hmm. be stoned. She needs to be set ablaze on an on a cross, like mm-hmm. light her tail up, impale her throat because you cost a boy his life. A mother lost her child. Meanwhile, you sitting over here in the swampy Everglades, sipping on your tea, watching your little filthy grandkids live a life that a boy will never get to live. And you're just like, oh, I didn't. He didn't do it. <laughs> like that's a that lot. part wasn't true. What do you mean it wasn't true? <laughs> like you, we knew it wasn't true. You knew it wasn't true. true. Everybody right. around you knew it wasn't true. And you got a boy killed. A mother lost her child. And you are just enjoying life. You need to be drug out the house. By Not the- even killed, mutilated. Like, yeah, he was mutilated. His eye was hanging out of his eye socket. Mutilated. Stop it. That started the whole civil rights. Civil rights. It sure did. It sure did. And even Martin Luther King, like his death, is attributed to the lie that woman told. About Emmett too. Like yeah. <laughs> when you think this about it from true. that perspective, it's like how many how many people did this woman affect by simply telling a lie? But what's even worse is the government has backed her up and is still backing her up because, like, I don't know if you all know, but in 1995, Martin Luther King's children sued the government for his death and won. They admitted to killing him and having him killed. Like the operations that the United States government has done to undermine. African Americans to undermine the African American experience and black people are disgusting. It's yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Like they like I don't I don't know how, how much more angry I can be. It's just absolutely disgusting. 
and it pisses me off. And I try to like hold my peace because I'd be like, oh, you know, try you to hold your peace. Mm mm. You can't. It's hard. But you know, I will say this, and this gave me a piece. So I watched. I watched a video that was um created on you. It was. It was done, and it's on YouTube about Emmett Till, and it was the interview they had with his mother. And they talked, she said um, that she talked to God about the situation after time had passed and really asked God, like, you know, why did all this occur? And God said to her that I used Emmett Till for what I needed to use him for. And though it does not justify the white, the white racist people who were involved in the situation, though it does not justify what happened, though it does not justify this lady coming years later, I thought the child was dead, coming so many years later to try to say, oh, it was a lie. But it, it comforted me because it, it let me know that there was a plan behind this, even though it should not have taken his life, there was still a plan behind this. And I think it, that's what comforted his mother. And she, it was really interesting because that's how I knew about the the um, book, The Blood of um, Emmett Till, because it, it correlated with this um, documentary that I watched. And it, it actually comforted. It calmed me down a little bit, even though I'm still not, you know, I'm still that person who I know how to to, who, to play the both sides of the fence, just enough to get by, but I know what I really believe. Right. So, yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, I don't get the custody. I don't. I don't want to hang her. I don't want to do nothing there. I, I just want. I do. Maybe I, just, I need some um, satisfaction. <laughs> I need a rug out that house by that scalp. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm battling y'all. I'm I'm battling heavy with this with this thing. With I feel like that. Um, I really feel like heavily that the if this sounds crazy that like the demise of a lot of people will be racism, even in the future. Does yeah. that make sense? I can it, see that. And not just black and white, but across the boards because there's no right. understanding. And so, like, when we should be paying attention to one thing, we're going to be arguing about race, and it's going to have... You know, it's, at, it's, at times, race well, is irrelevant. That's society was built on, honestly, so, I mean... For real. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I'm, I guess because, I don't know, I'm looking even more of a worldview. I was talking to my friend about it after the movie Get Out, and we was just talking about how slavery goes back past black people coming to America. It just, it's so enriched in people. Like, people just was about that slave mentality across the world. And I just think that people, I don't know, I, we, oh, we keep missing a bigger picture about life because we, because you don't like me because I'm black. Like, I just, I don't know. And I guess I'm still perplexed. And yeah, that's why I'm just like here. Like when I look at and 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 I I have like I've had this conversation with former students, some of which who were white, and they're like, "Oh, you're racist." I can't be a racist. I'm a minority that lives in America. Yeah, so we can't be racist. Yeah, I know. when I look at like how they came in and they so what it what it really says to me is that there was an entire race of people that were jealous that they were not adequate enough to be on our playing field. Like, think about that. Like, had they had we at any time stopped, decided to stop being slaves, their entire economy would have collapsed. We were literally their economy. Yeah. Like, we're so important. We are the literal fabric and grain 
of your economy. And if we stop working, you have nothing. You had no education until we gave you the education. You had no medicine until we gave you the medicine. You didn't even have mathematics. I got it. Sorry. Because you didn't have it until we gave it to you. Like, and to be completely honest, you didn't have color until we, you didn't even know what color looked like until we gave it to you. <laughs> and you still don't know what it looks like. It's so you, you good. Tell, it's so true. Like, I mean, like, think about it. You tell me. Like you tell me, oh yeah, because I'm white, I am. We're, we're the light skinned people. When in actuality, our race, our, blacks and Hispanics, we are the only group, and and brown people, we're the only group of people in the world whose skin actually absorbs the sun. We have copper in our hair, and our hair reaches for heaven. Like there's no way you can tell me you're superior to me. Am I? Okay. And yours is reaching for hell. Get your life. Oh lord. Entire your life. <laughs> your hair reaches for heaven, and your hair reaches for hell. Oh Jesus, help us! Just think about that. It, like, it, it is true. It's true. Oh my God! Like there's nothing you. I think you faster. Right, Jason, you right, Jason. We I'm stronger than you. <laughs> I can work more than you can work. Come on, I'm supposed to be working on the vineyard. Why you around looking stupid? Cause that's what you do. You stupid and you look stupid <laughs> while y'all around there pooping on yourselves in caves for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, come on, take it from here, Jason, because you're right. I'm sorry. I got him sorry. I was just having a moment of per- of being perplexed. <laughs> you, you, you got woke. I woke, I woke up out of my moment. Go ahead, Jason. Come on, Q&A. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a little bit of Q&A. If you guys don't know what Q&A is, it's a segment on our show where um, our listeners and their friends apparently... <laughs> Um, send us uh, questions, and we give our best advice and uh, try to answer them. Um, so our first question um, is a question about something that happened on Twitter this week. Are, are all of you active on the on the Twitter? I haven't been lately. I am okay. I check it well, when people one, post pictures. I hear that. <laughs> this one um, would be something that Will would be calling uh, a doozy. Um, <laughs> a doozy. Uh, Okay. So the question, the question is: Did you see the Twitter story about an eighteen-year-old girl who flew out to San Francisco for a Twitter meetup with a guy and basically got put out after one night? And I figured that everyone probably who heard this wouldn't wouldn't be able to um, understand what I'm talking about. So I decided that I was going to uh, bring the story to you guys. So if you give me a second here, I got some of the pictures, and I'll, um, we'll just go through some of the screenshots because I want you to get the full grasp of the story before we answer these questions. So it started off with her saying this. All right, I've been reluctant to talk about this for a while, but I want to warn all of you about someone dangerous and abusive on here. Please stay away from this dude, reckless, leftist. No, I ain't bleeping his name out of nothing. I'm not letting nobody try to silence me. He is not a leftist, first of all, because he clearly don't give an S about others. He doesn't love women, and he just sees us as sex objects. I'm from the New York City area. He lives in California. And when I went to go visit a month ago, he was the one who invited me to come over to his place in the first place. So she said, maybe it wasn't the wisest idea for me to go across the country for a while, but I had no reason not to trust him. I already travel a lot. Plus I wanted to visit San Francisco, flights to super treat. So I said, why not? Especially since it was the beginning of the semester, blah, blah, blah. I spoke to my teachers. It was cool. Um, she said, but yeah, I land there on a Sunday night talking about San Francisco. At first he said he was going to pick me up from the airport, but then he was like, nah, call Uber. <laughs> She said, I thought that was low-key shady, but I 
think much of it happened. We in his room, we talked, smoked, and watched Netflix. Eventually, we effed. But y'all, know, but y'all, when I tell you he barely did no type of foreplay, he did as took out a bottle of lube. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but anyway, um, Monday we hung out. Everything was all right, although he got quieter and quieter. And I was like, you know what? F it. I'm not about to waste my time starting conversation with someone who clearly wasn't trying to do so. So I kind of got quiet. She said he had a night class. I stayed in his room, and I rolled, like, four J's. Um, that's a lot of marijuana. Um, I was effed. Um, Gone. I fell asleep in his bed. I was effing zooted. Um, Tuesday, we woke up. I'm writing that down. Zooted. What is that? She from North. Ca- she from New York, right? What is zooted? <laughs> zooted. Zooted means high out your mind. Right. Mm. She said, so on the day we woke up, my wig was still on. Um, <laughs> Wiggy. This is some foolishness. I have my outside clothes on. I'm a mess. I knew something was off. He didn't say good morning to me. Then he randomly tells me how to get my own medical recreational marijuana letter. I was like, OS, sign me the F up. I just wanted one so I could say that I had one. A few minutes later, he was like, so I think I might be busy this week. If I think if you stay in a hotel room, it would be easier for you to explore. He also texted her saying um, all of this. She said, it's cool. Don't worry about it. I understand. Um, if you want, we could just chill in your room at night. During the day, I could do my own thing. He decided to respond by saying, booking.com mm. <laughs> is a good site for you to find oh, yourself. Oh, Lord. She said, I know, but this is really at the last second. What if I can't afford it? I don't have any money. I'm a student. Is it because I did something? Be honest. She, he said, look, I'll give you cash if you need it. I just need my own space. Booking.com has great deals right now. If you need me to help you pay for it, let me know. Oh, um, she gosh. basically said, yeah. I'm going to need your help because we planned this out and you said you wasn't doing nothing. He said, things happen and feelings change. You should always have a backup plan when traveling. Why would you come if you didn't have spending money or room for a hotel This is ridiculous. Do you need help finding a room um, or what? She said, oh, I'm about to look at it. I was on the phone. So she said, I've been looking at this inexpensive. So he basically told her to stay at a hostel. Um, And she says, anything that I did, be honest. He said, I just don't think we click at all. So after that, she decided to go back on Twitter and go on. <laughs> oh, my God. This we goes from bad to worse. We talked about school schedule and agreed not to hang out. He was like, why? That's mad after I get you have class. I was about to sightsee and do tourists. That's on my own anyway, so we could chill at night. He didn't respond. He kept saying he was going out for errands. And she said about, she said, I bet. She got dressed and um, she bounced. Later, um, she, he texted her asking, you know, was she all right? She said, I can't believe you asked me that. Um, they went back and forth, and he said he does care, but he just made his decision because he felt like there was basically nothing um, between them. So she decided to say, I'm 18, a girl. I've never been to San Francisco. Don't know nobody there, which is kind of different from what she started off with. Um, but she said, I'm 25 miles away from home. It scared the S out of me. I had money, but there was no reason. Couldn't offer me a couch to stay on. But she said the woman at her hostel was dope. But she's still in complete shock, and she realized that there are people out there who don't give an F about others. So the person who wrote this um, question wanted to know if this – my question is, would people consider it rude if the roles were reversed? Because a lot of people was giving them backlash, giving the guy backlash and saying that he was a jerk for um, not even you know housing this woman up for the remainder of that week that they agreed to stay together. So do you guys think it's rude for him to do you know what he did, or you know is it – you know, one of those things where you tell somebody to get out, they got to get out. No. 
No. I have to agree with Kelly. I'm sorry. Was that a mess? No. <laughs> My head hurts. That's... She's stupid. <laughs> That's what she gets. There were a lot of people backing her up, though. They were saying, they were saying, look, like, you know what I'm saying? Why would you do this to a girl? Like, you know, an 18-year-old girl. Why, why would, would she, you? first of all, you ain't got enough money to for. See, here, I got I got so many issues. Like, because I, I was on her profile. She Me too. <laughs> bald at the bottom of my sneakers, first of all. Oh, my Lord. Okay. So y'all looked up while I was doing the tweets. Y'all looked up. I never even picked up my phone. And I'm going to say, you not going to say bald is the bottom of your sneakers. bottom of my sneaker. And you can't afford a wig, but you flying out to San Francisco to sleep with some guy. Loose here, Satan. That's what you get. <laughs> you going all the way out there to sin. You could have sinned right at home. On your own camp. On your own turf. <laughs> and it would cost less money to do that type of sinning. You try to go sin. That's exactly what you get. And he, he, you probably got there. And I've been looking through some of her pictures. She got bad skin. She ain't got no hair. Like, she oh, ain't, God. Like, come on, sis. You make it. And, and what pissed me off the most is she Dominican. She making my people look bad. Sis, don't make us all look bad because you out here flying looking foolish. You ain't got no money. Stay home. She just made herself look like a whole hoe, though. You fly, you just, you just flew out. Like, you not, prostitutes even get flown out. Listen. Like, a good two will get flown she out. She wasn't going out there just for the sex. She was trying to just, she said she wanted to go to San Francisco. And it's funny how she went from being a big girl who said, I fly out all the time to at the end. Oh, I'm an 18-year-old who's never been to San Francisco. Right. Victim. And that's my problem right there. The fact that you wanted to be grown. Uh-huh. Exactly. And you was grown. You flew out there on your own, and you uh-huh. were grown. So when you grown, you got to do what grown people have to do. That means that they always take care of their stuff, no matter what happens. We find a way. That's what grown people do. When you get left out there, if you don't got no money, we don't ask the person we go visit. We start calling mommy, uncle, uncle, cousin, boo-boo, whoever who got a little bit of coins and dollars. Not cousin boo-boo. <laughs> I want to know what her parents had to say about that. Exactly. And where are they? they I mean, or they might they, know? they might be like the man on Get Out. They, they may not be there. Because do they know? Dominican, her dad would have killed her for going out there for some little piss-ant boy. Piss-ant. <laughs> that was so old. Ooh, that was so old. How old are you? 73. <laughs> <laughs> he be in um, Vienna sausages and cream cake. <laughs> I'm not going to side with with this. And I, it goes back to the saying that people say, I don't know who created it, but people, the, the whole saying where women, when you let, you continue to let guys do what they want to do to you, they're going to keep doing it. That's and that's, that's a... Well, she, she tried to fight it. She told him she wasn't going to go unless he paid for it. So she tried. And guess what? She was out there, the hustling, looking for a hospital. <laughs> Showing up like uh, Oliver Twist. A partial deal. You at least make a, make sure you got a backup plan. Come on, man. That's being 18, though. You're right. You're right, Kelly. That's, that's, that's being 18. You're right. 
Her backup plan was to go go out on the town while he was at school, and she was just gonna come. Come on, man. Let me tell you something. And you miss class. My question. I would be mad if I was a parent. You can't get a room, but how you going out on the town? That costs that costs money. Where whose town you going out? I was 18 years old. Every time I went to Baltimore, I called Jason and said, yo, I'm going to be in town. I don't know what's going to take place. You might need to come get me. Right. Back up. Come on. He, 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 he had an Uber there. He, he told him to take an Uber. Uber. <laughs> as soon as he said, ooh, get an Uber, I would have got back on the next thing coming Thank home. you. Thank you. Hold up, Kelly. You go right back home. I would have went straight back. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have went out there. Hold up. Time out. <laughs> She said they was well, talking friends for about a year. Twitter. <laughs> she, had to, she had to mute herself. She was about to cuss. I was. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have went. Like, Papa knew it. Oh, Uber. Uber. Nigga, Uber. <laughs> I would have took, as my aunt say, took my hot black A, got back on that black <laughs> A, took my black A home. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that was sign number one. Yeah. Right. It's, that was sign number one. Uber. We were in Philly. Don't even pick you up from the airport. They don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Look at Will Face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. They don't do airport pickups. Mm-mm. I just know Uber and Philly don't come to the suburbs. But um, I do. My first mistake was even getting on a plane, sis. Why are you going to meet some local? I want. Where are you coming from again? I want. Huh? Where's you? That's clear across the country. Clear across the country. But I want, I want, I want other young people who listen to this podcast to know, honey, don't do that. That's dumb. Don't do it. Was foolish. Because I know ain't nobody else telling her she's foolish. They backing her tail up. No. And that's and that's the wrong thing because she she retweeted all her good comments. (laughs) She what? She retweeted all her good comments. I I don't care about a good comment. (laughs) I'm gonna let her know. Right. Would you go right to it? I'm a writer too. Baby, don't do that no more. That's stupid. You got me the stupidest summer. <laughs> don't do that no more. Right, Use right, your money wisely. Uh huh. Alright, question number two. Um, I love. Maybe we got time. We could do question number three. But question number three, we don't have to do. Um, question number two. I love my boyfriend's parents, and I am generally on the same page with them in terms of politics and social issues. So I assumed that when my baby girl arrived, they'd understand my preference not to doll her up in frills and treat her like a princess. That hasn't been the case. They can't seem to stop commenting on her looks. She's a quote-unquote beauty queen, a born cook, and a great babysitter. She's not even two. I've asked them nicely on multiple occasions to stop talking about her looks and stop pushing outdated stereotypes on her, but they say I'm overreacting. We only see them in person a few times a year, so I don't want to say something that could damage their relationship with my daughter. However, I'm more concerned about how their words could affect her self-image as she gets older. Should I let it go? And if not, how can I get through to them and keep family harmony intact? That's a good one. That is a good um, one. Honestly, I will say I understand. I, I know exactly what she's saying. Um, I think I, the first question I would ask how old are these parents? Because it's certain things that I do, like my grandmother, like, I'll be like, man, you can't, ca- like, you can't marginalize me. Is that just because I'm a girl? Right. Like, this big thing, like, oh, my mom, even my mom says that Kelly, women aren't supposed to whistle in the house. 
I was like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> whistling? Whist- I can't even whistle. What you mean? Yeah, no. I don't, like, I understand what she's saying. Like, don't start marginalizing my daughter because what if she's going to be like a neurosurgeon or something like that, a babysitter? Dudes can be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> when I read the babysitter part, I was like, well, you said the babysitter. What about the cook? She right, not even like, two. What is she cooking? <laughs> at least cook can make some money. Babysitters, like, you only going to make about $15 total, like, during your whole stint as a babysitter. Like, you ain't going to get paid. Like, you ain't going to be no millionaire. You could be a millionaire cook, but you ain't going to be no millionaire. Like, first of all, I've been like, that's insulting her intelligence. All she going to yeah. be is a cook and a babysitter, a domestic worker. Yeah, that's exactly what they just put her in a group of. A nail technician. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with them, but still. She could do okay. hair. She gonna be a great hairdresser. Like what? Right. <laughs> she sure gonna know how to bake a pie, huh? <laughs> I got a paradox she... if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. So can she? So don't you call them how pretty she might be able to cook in the kitchen. So should she let it go, or should she? Um, how can she get through to them and keep the family army intact? Write a letter. Could they sound older? Write and mail it. Put it in the mailbox with a stamp. No. <laughs> Bring it to them when they go to the house and let them read it. They sound a little older, and my question is, where are they from? Right. If it's southern, you probably south. Mm-hmm. Like down my thing, write a letter. Because it it make when you take the time to to articulate your words, and really, really think it through, you won't come off as. Ugh. Sometimes when we talk, we talk too fast, or we, yeah. you know. So sitting down and write, I say write a letter. I don't say send no text. Don't nothing with media. Like really write a letter and let them understand why you're saying this. It's not. It's not that you're trying to put your child in a bad headspace. You're trying to put them in a good headspace. And it, we're glad that you see these positive things in her. But we think there's even more there. And explain that to the parents. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be rude. But explain that in your letter. And then when they read the letter and when they realize it's a real concern, they'll come. You know, they'll bring it to the table. It'll be a real discussion. Make sure you use that spell check feature on the on whatever type of word documentation app you want to use. Red and green squiggly lines ain't decoration. <laughs> Y'all see all them YouTube commercials for that spell check company? I said, well, who is this? Is it Google? I would say, um, here's what I say: just casually stop taking her around. Oh my God. Like, Here we go. He always gotta go with something extreme. Can <laughs> <laughs> you see the kids no more? No, don't don't take them to see the kids no more. <laughs> Let them remember her beauty from a, from afar. After the letter, do that after the letter. If they act stupid, then you say, "Okay, you not catching on." We ain't seen the baby in about three months. Is everything all right? <laughs> no, she's out here being a neurosurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> they let their tails know. Do that after the letter. If they don't catch on. Don't take your time writing a letter because if they old, they ain't reading. Yeah, I wouldn't say take my. I wouldn't write a letter. I would just be like. I think they should because older people give space to that sometimes. That's too much energy to me. I'd just be like, listen. I'd sit them aside and be like, listen. I understand like what you guys are saying is positive and things like that, but we're trying not. If we're just going, if I were the parent, I'd be like, listen. I'm just doing to encourage my child to be great at whatever the. She does. <laughs> Want to be a babysitter? Be the best good babysitter. I almost said dig. Be the best dig <laughs> babysitter. 
there. You're going to be a cook. You're the best eat cookie. You better make them green. That's right. If you're right. going to be a neurosurgeon, be. But, like, I would say, like, we're trying to inspire my daughter to be great at anything. So right. it's not going to be like, oh, you're going to be a great cook. Oh, you're going to be a great doctor. What if she's not going to be like this? My dad wanted me to be a doctor. <laughs> He's really disappointed. I went to school for film. <laughs> but it's it like, it you know, just I would tell him, like, we're just trying to inspire her. And even if we have a, sp- a son, inspire him. Like, but you know, that's how the old people get. Well, you like, got to tell him, shoot. They'd be like, what's wrong with being a cook? I was a cook. Your grandfather was a cook. That's why you stopped taking them around. You ain't got to deal with none of that. Just don't take around there no more. This is turning <laughs> into the episode of The Butler. Because let me tell you something. You ain't going to come to me and say, oh, yeah, Dad, I want to be a babysitter. And you babysit your behind on this couch and read one of these books and learn about this neurosurgery or something else. Right, no, it's because it's limited. You can be babysitted by 15 and 14 and 10 nowadays. Unless. That's you make it $10 an hour. You make it, you babysitting Blue Ivy. Then we can, we can add this conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want to babysit. You Unless you start your own babysitting company. Come on here. You got to build this situation. <laughs> now a nanny is something different. I'll say you be day nine one one in a like second. Like on staff nanny, like they get like legit salaries. Yeah. But like, and then my thing is, I hate when people like older people say, "Well, I was a cook." My grandparents always wanted me, like my mom and them, to be better. <laughs> Just to phone out. <laughs> a cook, like a praise the like I had to. God, I asked God, I, like I had to repent. But I had like a conversation with some old people like that, and they were like, "Well, I just feel like you asking for too much. I was a cook, ain't nothing wrong with." And I was like, "That's because you didn't have a choice, right? <laughs> I have oh, a no. choice, okay? Oh. <laughs> bless your ministries and bless your hearts. And bless your ministry." <laughs> it was very interesting that we're saying cook and not chef. We're saying somebody who just yeah, because it's a difference. Stuff a up chef together. has a salary. <laughs> a cook, you you slaving in the kitchen. Come on, Kelly benefits. Kelly, y'all. Kelly got pissed. A cook, a cook. Slaves was cooks. <laughs> a slave was a cook. Look at a these chef, eyes. I'm making a salary. I'm making a living. I'm living large. <laughs> a cook. Wish I would be some bleeping cook. A cook. <laughs> You got to have a degree to at least be a chef. <laughs> at least. Go to somebody's institute. It's still going off. Any cook. I cook. It's still going off. She was a great man. A babysitter. A babysitter. Yeah, you can do one more because this stuff is foolish. But but I, 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 I just say I'm not as mean as Will and Kelly over here. I would just say, no, she ain't going to be there. Stop telling her that. And then you keep on going. Keep going next. <laughs> All right, so the next one we got is one that we had a couple of weeks ago on Broke Up. Um, Christmas came and went. Each year, we gathered for a festive and warm time in my grand- at my parents' home with my siblings and all of our spouses and children. My family are Christians who are active in the church. Faith is a very positive experience to us and, expi- and inspires us to be good to others. My husband is an atheist. Huh? Last, <laughs> last year. Why the hell the whole paragraph dissertation? <laughs> last year, to everyone's shot, he volunteered to give the blessing. And <laughs> However, instead of a prayer, he took us all by surprise with a two-minute rant about the quote-unquote myth of God. Everyone was upset and it ruined the meal. My husband just sat there with a grin on his face and said, 
this caused numerous arguments between the sense. I respect his non-belief, but not his in-your-face approach. My mom told me he is no longer allowed <laughs> coming through her house. My mom is known to overreact, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> should I have my husband's back and challenge my mom's decision, or should I let it go? I wonder how old this couple is, like the roundabout age bracket. And is she a Christian? Did, did I miss that part? Did she say she me? Said she my... is. She said she said my family are Christians, and we and faith um, helps us a lot. So is I want to ask, like, was it one of those like you guys were Christians when you first got married and? Then he stopped believing, or was he an atheist? And when y'all got and you knew, that's a good question. You see, because then that changes like the the dynamic of it, right? So she need to leave his tail either way, because somebody going to hell. <laughs> Wait a minute, why, come on now. Why, why they going to hell, Bill? The Bible tells. Me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait a minute, because I got a Bible for you too. Go ahead. <laughs> Chantel. I felt the Lord. You said Chantel? What did you say? Chantel? He said Chantel. He said Chantel. 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 And this is why that man an atheist Neil, because the fool's just like this. Fear of the Lord. See, the problem is he doesn't fear God. That's the issue. That's the real issue. And she's talking about... He can't fear something he don't believe in. Right. I respect his non-belief. Because you a sinner too. Loose head devil. <laughs> That's why you respect him. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. That's, that's the book. That's I'm talking book. what the book says. That's what the book says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, pastor, my pastor say if you got a problem with it. If you see my pastor say if you got a problem with it, email him at God.com. <laughs> <laughs> Him a letter. You write a letter. That's who you write the letter to. But if she's really a believer, the Bible also talks about that you do your your salvation can save your household. And so right. here's 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 the tricky part. Here's the tricky part. Do you really believe, or do you enjoy being with someone who likes to teeter totter? Because come on, what it say? Come on. I'm just I'm I'm not even gonna go in deep because <laughs> you went in deep. You can't tell me that you are an atheist, but then you respect the sanctity of marriage because marriage is a God thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but there are many people who are not believers who believe in the concept of marriage, just like there's starch believers in people that that marriage should be between man and woman, but they'll have their a whole different concept of God. What the Bible say about being unevenly yoked? Come on, here, you ain't supposed to do it. First You're not thing. supposed to be unequally yoked. But that's like, why I said, said that, that's yeah. why I asked the first question. Like, right. did she know, or was he an eight? Because I know people who, like, their husband, like, kind of, or wife switched up on them mm. mid-marriage, and it was like, oh, oh, okay. Or was it something, because honestly, if it was something that she went into knowing, she deserves every bit of hell she's going through right now. Yep. Yeah, this is a hard one. Let me tell if my wife, if I get married the day of tomorrow, my wife told my son, oh, I don't, what did Job do when his wife told him to curse God and die? Left her tail. What did Lot do his wife turned around? Left her tail. I'm leaving your behind. Hold on. What would you expect Lot to do? Pick up that big, that big old salt pillar and put it in the truck? Pick up the salt pillar and put it in the truck. 
Let me go add some water to this. Bring her back to life or something. You gonna take her? Swear you gonna take? You should have backed up. You gonna take on my six hundred pound life and tell her to lose some weight? Like what you what you want the doctor to do? What you want Doctor Nalzari to do? Let me tell you something. I want I want them to live right. I want you can like I. It doesn't make sense to me that you take a God concept and you remove God from the concept. That means you are perverting the origin of the concept. Yeah. Anything that you have in its original, that you have taken in its original intent and you move the intent, you have perverted the intent of the thing. So if you're married and you have taken this person before God and before the heavenly host and you said, I do till death those part. So help me God and you God this and God that and God is all that. And then what the, what God ordained, no, no man separate, and the two shall cleave. If you're doing all of that, and then you come and say, oh, no, I don't believe in God, that means you are a bastard, you are a renegade, and you have perverted the use of marriage. Oh, and, and the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians that as children of the light, we ought to walk in the light and leave sinners where they are. <laughs> I'm just trying to help these babies get to because the Bible says that after you suffered a while, yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. All I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? Well, who are you? Excuse me. He ain't established. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Y'all was really, you wanted to have church tonight. You really, I, I you really wanted to have church tonight. You know your weapon, you know your sword. <laughs> Listen, that thing lifted off me now. <laughs> Ooh, it lifted back. It would The only thing is, I think the family should think like this. Now, you've given plenty of scriptures to justify the fact that I do agree with you. That if you say yes to God and you put this oath before God, then you said there is no God. You sound, you sound hypocritical and you sound confused, which most right. atheists are, to be honest. But then, See, that's but, right. but my I, only I, thing is this. There's the other part of it where the family has to recognize that there is a person who's been hurt and let down by some situation in life that causes him not to believe there is a God. And now they must be the light to draw him. But do I have to put my soul in jeopardy to be your light? I'm not talking about the marriage. I'm talking about the situation at the dinner table during Christmas time when he wanted, wanted to go on this atheist rant and they were sitting there and the what mother you like, you ain't coming back to my house no more. How are you going to win them? You got to win them. What you think he was saying in the car on the way to dinner? He's like, hey, babe, you heard me? You heard me? <laughs> <laughs> Your mama like, it's criminal. It's criminal, baby. It's criminal. I just want to say, how you going to win him? Well, I will say this. From a distance? I will say this. I will say this. I don't know what he just said. The I'm family, sorry, Kelly. Number one, the family was in wrong. Well, I want to say they were wrong, but... Okay, all right. I'm gonna give you Papa a scenario. Lord. Maybe he threw him a curveball, and he was like, "Like I'm gonna say grace." Mm. Oh, see, this I honestly probably would have been cracking up laughing at this at this Christmas. I would have been falling over laughing. They're not living right. They should have picked that thing up in the spirit and said, "Satan, the Lord rebuke here." My dad would have started talking over him like, no, we we talking grace. We're going to say grace. Now, listen, this is the thing. I have an uncle, my great uncle. He's Muslim, right? And because he's the eldest, and then you have my dad, um, his nephew. My dad always asks my uncle, because he's the eldest, to say grace when my uncle's around. He lives in Arizona. So when he comes, my dad asks my uncle, 
will you bust the food? And he'll say it in um, Arabic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arabic. So he'll say it, and then we'll all be like praying like this with one eye open. And then he'll tell us what he said after he said it. And it's like really a general just prayer, like, God bless the food. That's what he mm. told you he said. Right. <laughs> no, but Ain't nothing happened to me yet. So anyway, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, you know, we don't believe the same thing. You know, uh, why do you ask? My dad said, because honestly, I do it out of respect. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what we believe, he's still my uncle and my elder. And he's the eldest at the table. So I'm not going to avoid that. Now, do we believe the same thing? No. But there is a common ground and a common respect I do have for him. Right. Now, huh? Here's the thing. <laughs> I stuck in in depth. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to be ridiculous. But I, I as soon as you said, here's the thing. I said, let me prepare my heart and mind. <laughs> and if the truth be told, Jesus. First of all, Jesus's name is mentioned more times in the Quran than it is in right. the Bible. Yeah. The Quran is the only book, the only holy book in the world that dedicated a book to Jesus's mother Mary. She's got her own book in the Quran, the only holy book that's dedicated the Book of Mary. And it describes Jesus's birth as a she was he was born to a virgin. Like the Quran says it, the Bible says it. Now, the Quran also calls Jesus and every Muslim that has taken the Shahada that really knows this thing is supposed to call Je- this the the Quran calls Jesus the Son of God, the Word of God, and the Word made flesh. That's what the Quran says. Now, if the truth be told, every Muslim ought to be a Christian. Come on. Based on the Quran. <laughs> I'm just trying to do this. I'm just trying to do this. You should go on. You should go on. Not people who are going to just tell them that. Like, every <laughs> second Saturday in the morning. You don't need a little bite like a woman's dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I cannot do this. Up. Oh. Oh my God. Just go knock on the door and say, you know, every. You should ask them, are you a Muslim? And if they say no, you just move on to the next house. You just trying. You just trying to convert all the Muslims. Cause let the, just you just you just gotta let them know. Like sometimes they don't know. Like just just let them know. I I've stopped. I'm not like I'm gonna preach. The guy, I'm going to rightly divide the word, right? right but right. like that—that that was my oath when I signed up to minister in Church of God in Christ to be an elder. Like that was what I signed up for. I'm and I'm not converting anybody. The Book of Isaiah tells us not to argue that the work of God. We're was not going to argue. We're just going to say we're not Team Ishmael no more. Like that's just <laughs> not Team Ishmael no more. Oh, that was good. Oh, Jason, that was good. I was out one day, and one of them Hebrew Israelites got to me. I was, oh God! Oh, they called me. He talking about you, you over there worshiping the white man. I said, sir, what language? You should have said, sir, trim this beard and get out of my face. <laughs> Before we even go there, what language you speak? You speak the white man's language, right? So shut up. Don't say a word out of He told him, no, I can speak Hebrew. I said, okay. You know I dabble in a little bit of Hebrew. So I hit him with it. And he looking at me like, I said, exactly. You read out the white man's book. Right. You read the white man's text. And you're speaking his language. Do it kind. Pow. Lama shaka. Yeah, that kind of bothers me like when they go in that white man situation. And I'll be like, but Jesus was a Jew, man. This man was from the Middle East. That's Let what this I was man saying, huh? be, man. He's not even white. <laughs> right. He, he not, he's not trying to be white. Uh-huh. What they 
they did to his gospel wasn't even his fault. Like, my Lord. He <laughs> knew that people were going to taint the word, man. <laughs> they going to taint it. Just like these black people tainting it too. And you got people not believing in God. And I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no. I mean, sorry, or let it go. She have her back and challenge my decision, or let it go. Let it go. And tell that fool we need to seek repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is there. Yeah. Thank you. Ain't you supposed to pick your husband's side, though? Ain't that your first ministry? Yeah, if you believe in the same God that you consecrated your marriage right. on, they're you. not even yo equally. Okay, but I, um, Jason, I agree with you. Because when you make that oath and you say to death do his part, even if his mind changes, even if something goes wrong with his head, you know what you said under that oath too. That's right. So that's, what line is, do you draw? What line? I think I think that's I think that's a reason to uh, actually nullify the marriage that he <laughs> he don't believe. He no, don't believe it's not. It's there, it's be, because oh no. just happened you mad and act like they don't exist well not that it's just i think the situation god, god will why can't i okay because he's god you're not god that's why i was made in his likeness and in his oh no my only thing okay maybe this will go better jason if we had another married person on here because clearly i ain't but i right. think that I think that you can't just throw away your marriage because somebody starts changing their mindset. I think you have to kind of find out where their place is. This is where counseling comes in place. This is, you know, this is where what what why does he why is he atheist? What's was he a believer? What made him change his mind? Like these are the questions we don't know from the Q and A situation. But the nice thing about marriage is that me and my wife got in an argument the other day, and it was real bad. Like, and you know, saying we got in a terrible argument, an argument that would like when we were dating each other or something like that. You know, might make us like consider, hey, do I really want to be with this person? But like immediately, once you're married, like once those arguments come up again, you're just like, well, I ain't going nowhere. She ain't going nowhere. So it's kind of like you have to, you have to kind of honor that. Like there is a point to getting married. So I feel like you should at least try. So both of you believe in the God under which your marriage was consecrated. But will, but will, will. I think we're forgetting the basis of the fact that this is man has a soul. And you can't just—you can't just throw the people who—you can't just throw the unbelievers into the wilderness. Like we don't want you no more. Yeah, I, I get married again, and the next one leave God. We gonna throw him here. I get married again, the next one leave God. We gonna throw him, and I get married, and the next one leave God. You can't just keep throwing these men away. You there has to be a found the ground. No way, I'm gonna be married to an unbeliever. I'm not put. That's what. I make a statement. I ain't gonna help for nobody. Can I make a statement? This is why I said there's so many layers to the why we can't really, like, really say it because we don't right. know if the family offended him and he did that. We don't know if it was a, a situation before that provoked him to do that. We still don't know if he was an atheist when they first got married right, or if it's something he converted to towards the marriage. It's so many layers to the point where... Like you can't, we can't sit and say like, "Oh, leave them, stay with." We no, don't know how long has this know. atheism thing been going on. Long enough. <laughs> oh my god! I'm done. I'm done. See, I see, I tried. I understand well what you're saying, but I, I just don't it. fully I get agree. That church hurt is real. Like people get hurt from the church. 
and I understand as like I I completely get that, and I am sensitive to the fact that people are hurt by church. But traffic tickets hurt people too, and they still go to court and fight them. You know what? I know, like, I, I, don't, like don't give me this excuse. Like I get it. I get the church hurt is real, but you cannot tell me that I, as a believer, have to stick and be united, my soul united and attached to somebody that is on their way to a fiery hell. I'm not doing like I'm not doing. That is unacceptable. I'm not going to hell for. I'm not going to hell for me. Now I have a question. No I'm going to hell for somebody else. So then I have a question for you, Mr. Will Mayer. Yes, I have a question. If you leave this young lady and you say this is, I'm all right. This is enough. You don't believe the God that you took this oath under. I have other things to do. And then she decides. Say you don't get married. Say you just stay single for a little while, and she gets saved. You gonna come back to her? That's right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like, I, like. Wait a minute, honey. This is 2017. I need you to catch on here. This I don't is no, 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 no. If you're not going to help them, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know where everybody. First of all, I don't know where everybody is in their walk. I do a lot of fasting, and I, like, I do a lot of turning down my plate. Like, I pray and I fast a lot, so I can hear from God. Like, I really, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I be joking around a lot, but I really can hear from God, and I can really solicit heaven and, like, petition heaven and get what I need to get through, it gets through. So before I'm going to, like, leave my wife because she don't believe in God, first of all, if she believed in God when we first started, that would be, I'm, I'm not going to marry, marry an unbeliever. I don't care what she looks like. How she, I'm not, if you telling me, oh, yeah, I'm a Buddhist, okay, that's fine, you go. You go do Buddhist. So like Kelly said, if they, if they said they were Christian before they got married and they fell off, you're divorcing them? No. no. He's changing his story not now because he's petitioning God. He's petitioning God. But if you talk about curse God and die sort of stuff, you got to go. I don't, I don't like, I'm not, mm -mm, that, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not tying myself to eternal damnation with you because we are now one soul. Like yeah. the two shall leave and become one. Yeah. They shall cleave unto each other. Yeah, that's they are the, one that's person, which means now I got to stand before a judgment and explain why my husband, my wife, is going to hell. Absolutely not. I'm already in. I'm already in you know? which means I got to stand before people that are already going to hell. I'm not going to hell with them. <laughs> that's not happening. All right. Okay. I'm not going to hell with my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, not even me. And I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> not even me. You're not going to hell for yourself. Come on, I, let me tell you, I struggled and I live right. So heaven belongs to me. <laughs> Welcome to Road Talk Live. I mean, that's what y'all just got tonight. <laughs> Yo, I can't, I can't. I can't sorry, I, can't. I apologize for uh, what has happened on tonight. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And if you have any um, grievances, please forward them to RoadTalkLive.com. And we will read them tomorrow on RoadTalk. Oh, my Lord. Y'all, I, I can't. Say this. Bro Talk is not a show just for guys. Like, a lot of people think that that name, just because the name is Bro Talk, means we only talk about guy stuff. No, it's just the perspective okay. of a bunch of black millennials. Like, that's just what we're giving you. A perspective of a bunch of black millennials who consider themselves brothers. So it's not just a show exclusively for guys. So feel free to watch. Females, y'all love us. We just we do this for everybody. Mm -hmm. 
That's why I watch your show. I enjoy it. I be getting a good it's laugh. Fun. Thank you. It's very good. Y'all well, pray for me, though. We we praying for you, but as long as you keep petitioning God, I think you'll be all right. And yep. I just pray that your wife never. I pray your wife never leaves you. I pray. I pray your future wife never denounces his name. I pray your future wife has the heart and the humility to do with your craziness. I pray she. Can. I think it's fit to be Kelly. I think future wife fit to be Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, like, what? Shirley, I'm, I'm too dark for her. <laughs> Kelly face, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly about to get a benediction. <laughs> Let us all raise our hand. <laughs> Watch between, Lord. Absent one from another. Between this, between all this. <laughs> no, they both just cold dick. But Kelly ready to leave. I don't know where they gonna go. I'm ready to leave because she ready to be independent. They were, they were, watch me end up with a white guy. Probably. Speaking of Kojic, um, uh, one of their um, award recipients, Andrew Caldwell. Don't. Uh, don't, don't know who he's. Uh, no, we don't want to hear it. Did we just pop back into pop culture? Because he's not he, delivered. Uh, so he's somewhere in pop culture making some money off his phone. No, he's not. He, he, he came to Holy Convocation. That's it. Well, he, he got a chance to speak. Would you VIP at convocation? No, but you wouldn't. He got a chance to always speak. VIP at convocation. I ain't see you with no mic. I ain't see you on, on the main stage. Like, Cause I was about to film with the whole night. I had a stage to make it. That's why you just hate him because because he's because he because he's VIP. I um, keep my A in the back. <laughs> why does I just sit in the back and watch? Mom, <laughs> mom. I think what disheartens me is the fact that the pastor or the preacher that calls for this whole situation to occur was from Philadelphia. And I was like, oh, man. You know who got arrested? <sighs> Earl Carter got arrested. Like, this he should have got arrested. Was stealing money? No, he did a court order ordinance or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah, Bishop Blake got a restraining order against him. Something not right. Something not right. Mm -hmm. That's why I said I'm so sick of Kojic. Like, would you say, Bill? Don't make me smack you over Bishop Blake. He's still no, for real. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Jason, don't you live in LA? You know that man is down the street wearing the. I feel like you ain't never been to West Angeles with Pop. He know we've been there. Did you just call him Pop? (laughs) (laughs) That's your spiritual advice. Your personal spiritual advice. Don't yo, don't don't come home with Chucky. All right. I don't think we should have this Call conversation on Chucky. YouTube. Uncle Chucky. You can keep him. Give me G any day. I, oh, come on I'm here. Holy I'm Ghost. Jesus. That's holiness. Oh, that. oh, yeah, yeah. I just got a quick been thinking about it. Wait. Come on here. Give me G E. I just feel like the church has become so perverted, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, Be delivered, not issues. delivered. I'm on my way to non-denomination. Oh, don't you go live in that kind of sin. <laughs> Jason, Jason, wait up, wait a minute, Jason. What they church you? What church you go to? They go to them hats and them, them sort of garments. We don't denominational. Which church you go to, Jason? San Corita Christian Fellowship. We not denominational, but we um we affiliated with the Southern Baptist um coalition or whatever that thing's called. They got uh, Southern Baptist coalition churches out in the West Coast. They're not. We not. No, we not. That's what I'm saying. We not part of them, but um. They like they helped us out. A little Got bit. it. Okay. We, okay. we don't claim them. Like that's not our set or nothing oh, like geez. that. Like we don't go up there. <laughs> <and> <laughs> see, we don't claim them. <laughs> like 
We got me shot a couple years ago when I went to LA. We got to go. See, this is what this is what the problem with Bro Talk is. Like, we'd be taking the show too long, and then we took their show a whole day on half hour longer than they want. Our show be long, too, most of the time. Usually it's because of yeah. me, though. I was more quiet on this episode, for the most part, until Will got me started. It's your fault, boy. <laughs> Will is such a camera, like, he's such a camera whore. Like, yeah. he just be hogging. He didn't give me, like, we about to go in front of company. Don't act up. He didn't give me that speech this time. That's because he knew the comp. You knew the company. <laughs> I should have got Dex. I should have just brought Dex along. Dex is crazy, though. I like Dex. Dex is crazy. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Little Carlton is nuts. But I like him. <laughs> you going to close this out of prayer? What? Well, let's let the right reverend. I mean, the scripture cathedral itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so weak. <laughs> I hope this is the most you have laughed on the show. I hope we'd be able to bring that to you. Ooh. Yeah, this is. Goal. This is one of the funniest shows. <sighs> this is the goal. All right, Bill, pray us out. All hearts and minds. Yes. Oh, Lord. With your normal you voice. Today, um, we will have um, uh, statement workshops on Bill's Twitter page. And yeah. I am Will4. Uh, I am underscore Will4. Yes, I am redeeming babies via the Twitter. But I'm only open from 9 to 5. So if you're not trying to get saved between the mouths, you got to. My hours are from 9 to 5. <laughs> Come on. You're I'm giving out dedication. That's right, baby if dedication. They, if they tweet you the picture of the baby, you gonna put you gonna Photoshop your hands on them. What? Unless, unless it's one of them bastard children. Oh my oh god! Oh no! Uh 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 uh. Will uh uh. Will half of society is the bastard children. Over half of the society is the bastard children. They're not legitimate. Uh uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. Will. I got to keep my apostolic succession. If you got one of more bastard kids, you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I pray one of the little silent prayers that the Jehovah's Witnesses pray. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this boy. These poor kids. With you, they have no hope. I need them to have a hope. <laughs> well, the blessed hope is the rapture, what you think? You need the Bible to be in the spiral and follow the written word of God. Blessed hope is the nature of the church, which is this God. Come on here. That is a blessed hope. But if you you got to present the church to the people, you're turning these bastards away. Wait a minute. We was about to pray. Right. I'm going to go to a whole other sermon. He's going to tell you about his problems. I can't push eyes. Clear your hearts and your minds, baby. Clear your hearts and minds. Let's get on out of here. The time has been well spent. Thank you, Jesus. You all can. Take one more offering. Kelly's face. Kelly's face. Let us look to the Lord. Almost gracious and holy Father. We just say thank you. We thank you for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, what our hearts have felt. Is this prayer going to get to heaven? (laughs) Is it going to get to the roof of this basement that I'm in right now? It's going to pass the roof. (laughs) Bell some back. Right here, right. Did you just say you be petitioning God? I think he was like, "Mm -mm, not tonight, son. Not tonight. (laughs) Check with no money. Request denied.
I'm about to ask Jason to pray us out because you you full of it tonight, even no, though the I word is coming tomorrow. through. I got, I got to work tomorrow, y'all. That's what it is. Oh, yes. You know they still ain't closed school here? Full thing. Where you at, Kelly? I'm in Glassboro, New Jersey. Full thing. Yes, we all over, y'all. I don't know what I got to do. I need to check my work email. <laughs> Let the words of our mouth, the meditation in our heart, be acceptable in our sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Amen.